0: Welcome into the Buckeye Preview on the O Show on iHeartRadio. My name is Paul James. I am joined by Big Mo, Eric Mosley, and Coach A.J. Pratt from Nathan Heinsman State Farm. And Coach A.J., let's talk a little bit about Nathan Heinsman State Farm. You guys over there, you're winning. You're winning for everybody.
1: We are winning right before I came here today. Uh, $700, $800 between a couple cars, a home, an umbrella policy. And they were smiling. I said, you like your money, don't you? And they said, yeah, I do like my money. So uh, I think their kids are going to have a better Christmas. Uh, Nathan Heinzman State Farm, you got one of the best agents in the country here in North Central Ohio, Bucyrus. And uh, our office, That's almost one year anniversary, coming up here at the beginning of January at Mallard Square. They're on Route 95. But uh, to keep it simple today, as we're getting ready to play a championship, uh, and that's what we're getting ready to discuss for the Buckeyes, if if you want to be a champ, win and ride with the best, call 740-914-8182 as well walk right on in and ask I say hey I would like to sit and visit with AJ I don't even know if I want to talk about insurance and financials, but I'd like to talk about football. How's that? <laughs> yeah,
0: I love it.
1: Nathan Heideman, State Farm, uh, proud to
0: sponsor the uh, O Show on iHeartRadio. Thanks for joining us on the show today, and uh, Coach AJ, let's get right to it. Uh, uh, Ohio State, Michigan, uh, the Buckeyes dismantled Michigan. Some people called it a perfect performance, but uh, you know me better than uh, than than most of them do. I've got I've got several points where Ohio State uh, did not play perfect football, but when you go up to Ann Arbor, and you blow a team like that out and it's your rival. That's
1: huge. Go 12-0 and 0 on the season. Nothing nothing, nothing was wrong on Saturday. Lots of pain uh, for the uh, team up north and their fans. <laughs> it is what it is. And um, I'm happy for you, too. You guys are great guys and got to see it live and in color at the big house. And here you had a good experience. Obviously, it was a great experience. Because yeah, absolutely. You know, last week I kept these notes for before the game, Michigan's keys to win the game. A couple, Rocky, you know, punch, counter punch. They did that in the first half. Uh, run the ball. Uh, no one had won that, that game since 1994 that didn't win the, the the rushing. And I I had said that I thought there was a chance for them to have a big day on the perimeter with the receivers because they do have some big guys, and they did make some plays in the first half. Uh, Ohio State's keys win the turnover margin and be able to effectively block and protect for Fields and Dobbins, which is ends up what happens in the game. But just a brief synopsis. I did think Michigan punched and counter-punched in the first half. Uh, As I said, as predicted, I thought the wide receivers could have a chance to have a day. But Ohio State just kept making plays. You know how frustrating that is. As a coach, when you're on the sideline and you're playing somebody and they score, you always say, go answer. Mm -hmm. Go answer. I thought Michigan did a decent job neutralizing uh, Chase Young. Uh, They did some things with protection, tight end, back, uh, all three things. There were a couple questionable no calls, but they they had they had a plan. But one thing that slowed up Michigan, th- th- this game may be a little bit different. Four plays in the first half. Uh, Shea Patterson drops a ball going in inside the ten yard line. It was just a muffed snap. Yeah. Uh, second, you have a fourth and four. A discipline that that's a discipline thing where you jump offside and give Ohio State another possession, and they're so good on third down on both sides. And then you did have a couple questionable no-calls against Okuda. that could have went either way. We talked about it before the show. They were letting them play. But here's what I saw happen. Ohio State coaches did a great job at halftime making some adjustments defensively. Uh, they started mixing some things up with some coverages. Uh, they started being more aggressive with stunts and games up front and a little bit more pressure to get to Patterson, to, 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 to make plays on that side of the ball. Ohio State has too many weapons. I mean, you cannot punt and kick field goals and have a chance if Ohio State's not going to turn the ball over. And lastly, my biggest shout-out is to the Ohio State offensive line. Mm-hmm. They took the game over in the second half. Fields was less mobile, scary situation. J.K. Dobbins, 211 yards. Tig had a good couple series yeah. in the second half. But, guys, I'm going to tell you, Going back to our shows early on in the season, the concern was from what we saw last year offensively, a lot of complaints about the offensive line. Some of those do. But uh, to uh, Coach Trudawa and those big hogs for Ohio State, that fires me up because they took that game over. All
0: five of the offensive linemen made uh, made all Big Ten. Not all mm-hmm. first team, but they all made. They were all mentioned as all all Big Ten. All five of the offensive linemen. That's the kind of season those guys. You, you talk
2: about that, and Master Teague made third team All Big Ten. Right. Both the media as and a backup the, running back. as a backup running back. That <laughs> tells you just how explosive this running game has been for Ohio State, and it starts with the offensive line. I think I got to watch a breakdown of a lot of the big plays for Ohio State this week. And when you look at it at the blocking, that is really, it's it's really just zone blocking, mm-hmm. but they're able to to move guys to give the back a choice of where to go with with their read. Because the back, like I had told you, Paul, one on one, the back is is reading the linebacker generally on a lot of those plays, figuring out where he's going to figure out where he's running. If those offensive linemen are not on top of where they need to go. The back never gets that choice, and consistently we're seeing uh, Dobbins be able to m- pick holes based off of you know three options because the offensive line is moving guys and making lanes. Uh, it's, it's really, when you see the breakdown, I, I invite anybody to go, I watched mine on uh, 11 Warriors, go watch a breakdown of some of the runs that Ohio State has done and see just how these runs happen with the offensive line because it's really impressive what they're doing and how successful they are at that.
1: When you watch Ohio there's different zones. There's an inside zone, there's a mid zone, there's an outside zone. Different targets for the offensive linemen, different aiming points for where the back is, is reading defensive linemen for the read. Okay? So when you watch Ohio State against Michigan, at the point of attack, unless there's a movement, is a double team and in inside zone and mid zone on a down lineman. And when you're able to get movement and get to the second level and those guys are being put in the lap of the linebackers and you've got a running back like J.K. Dobbins and the way he's playing, it is a nightmare. So, again, Paul, before it goes back to you, because there's going to be a common theme in the stuff that we talk about, with the what we've seen all year this past game and the game we're getting ready to see on Saturday. Third down efficiency, Ohio State was 9 of 15. Michigan was 2 of 13. Yeah. Rushing yards, Ohio State 264, Michigan 91. And finally, the only stat that we have not seen flipped yet is turnovers. Ohio State plus 1 because they had 1 to Michigan's 2. Mm-hmm. Third down, rush yards, turnovers. You don't beat ohio state unless you win those right there Mm -hmm. it ain't gonna happen yeah
2: and and you look at just over the season ohio state has converted at least 50 percent of its third downs in 11 of 12 games this season you look at uh, just uh and we'll dig into this more but when you look at a comparison of ohio state and wisconsin turnover margin wisconsin's a plus two ohio state's plus a 12. Mm -hmm. uh you know these are things uh, these are recurring themes coach you said before the show stats don't lie and when you look at the stats for Ohio State you know the only team in the country with four wins over teams currently ranked in the college football top 25 there's a reason why they're at the level that they're at now we can spend all kinds of time nitpicking and trying to find anything that's at fault with this team because I'll tell you right now there's a bunch of coaches at Wisconsin they're doing that same thing and they're trying to find faults but when it comes down to it Plain and simple, this is one of the most disciplined, well-coached, well-managed teams that I may have ever seen. I can't think of anybody in recent memory that has been this good at you know at any time. And I'm sure there's some, and there's debates that we could get into. But this is the most well-rounded team I've ever seen.
0: One of the stats that I was very interested in uh, is the fact that Ohio State had nine tackles for loss, two sacks, Michigan only had one sack. And with that being brought up, uh, it wasn't even a sack that uh, that hurt Justin Fields. Um, he obviously has an aggravated ACL, MCL, whatever whatever is going on in there. Um, he'll be in a big brace again this week, which he says is uncomfortable for him to move in. Although he moved in it pretty good when he came back in. He threw that touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson. Um, is that a big concern right now? I mean, we we only allowed... One time for them to get to our quarterback, and it was our own guy who took him down when he ended up hurting his knee again, but that was because he's been nursing it for so long. He can't get hit this week. Uh, what do you think about that?
1: We, we've talked about this on other shows. The biggest the biggest problem for defenses and defensive coaches would tell you with a mobile quarterback, it's not quarterback called runs. It's quarterbacks extending plays because they can run, and their legs, and the, the scramble. Um. Yes, it's a concern. B- uh, bloods in the water, because now y- you have a focus. If I'm Wisconsin, it's you got to pick something. You can't. We're not, we're going to stop all this. We're going to contain all this. That ain't that ain't going to happen. Right now, I'm less worried about Justin Fields going into the game, and he may prove everybody wrong. You know, maybe the old okey doke playing positive. Absolutely. Because he he looked okay coming back in the game, but. You've got to find – and I'm not saying shut down because it ain't going to happen. You have to find a way to slow down and contain J.K. Dobbins and just live with it and say, hey, Justin Fields' arm is going to beat us this week. Uh, We're not as concerned going into the game as him, him being as mobile as we've seen all year.
0: You think Jonathan Taylor comes into this game for Wisconsin more fired up than he did six, seven weeks ago because at that time he was ahead of J.K. Dobbins in the numbers because J.K. had only been playing halves, let's be honest. Um, and then J.K. blew him away that day. He had a lousy day. Our defense shut him down. Is he going to be extra excited to play against
2: the Buckeyes Saturday night? Well, he may be, but I'm telling you right now, J.K. Dobbins is going to be in there with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, Jonathan Taylor got Big Ten back of the year. Uh, Jonathan Taylor has played way more complete games than J.K. Dobbins has. J.K. One of the, the effective things with J.K. Dobbins this year is he he has a huge chip on his shoulder. And it's not in a way, you know, he's he's not hating on his team. He understands the situation. He he understands what it is, but it annoys him that he can't play a whole game. It it drives him crazy. He'll take the win, but it drives him crazy because he wants to be out there competing every play. You can't tell me a guy that is that way isn't going this week, and his coach, Tony Alford, is telling him too. Hey, you know that guy on the other side of the field? He, he he's the Big Ten back of the year. Yeah, uh, the media and and the uh, everybody thinks he's better than you. There's going to be a statement made by J.K. Dobbins uh, on Saturday. There's no doubt in my mind because that's the kind of guy he is. So I I don't doubt that Jonathan Taylor is going to come in, especially the way Ohio State shut him down. He's coming in with a lot to prove, and he's I don't doubt he'll be motivated. But watch out, because J.K. Dobbins is going to feel slighted. I'm not trying to speak for him. I'm just basing this off of everything I've seen out of this kid this year. It's a
1: huge competitor.
2: Yeah. He's going to feel slighted, and he's going to want to show people, look, don't forget
1: about me. Psychologically, if you look back, the noise that came out of the Rutgers game is what was said after the game between him and the coaches. Right. Well, there was some kind of agreement. And then, okay, big boy, let's see what you can do. Because now the opponents have been Penn State and, and Michigan. Yeah. But the amount of carries he's got the last two weeks, because uh, that game was not close at the end. I mean, he got some carries, but the the guy, I think he had 20-plus carries in the first half Mm -hmm. against Michigan. Uh, Yeah, Wisconsin's going to have something to say about that because, again – you have to, what what are you going to slow down we, we got to pick something we'll take our chances that we get beat on the back if you only have a 401k you're not
0: getting the most for retirement wait what add a robinhood ira on top then they'll boost it by 3% you can do that and if you transfer in any retirement account you get 3% on mm-hmm. top of that is there a limit to the match no limit robinhood gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any ira on the market sign up for robinhood gold at robinhood.com/boost by april 30th subscription fees apply investing involves risk 3% match requires gold for 1 year from first Match must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers,
1: subject to additional terms and conditions. Robin Hood Financial, LLC, member SIPC. Back in to see if we can get home on fields. Uh, They are going to do anything and everything they can. They have to, Mm -hmm. to have a chance to win. You go back with the question, and what you're talking about, Eric, with Jonathan Taylor, and you brought the question up, Paul. As you go back to this game, uh, Ohio State-Wisconsin 1.0, whatever you want to call it, OSU wins 38-7. But you look at the key players in the game in terms of skill. Jack Cohn was 10 of 17 for 108 yards. Taylor was 20 carries for 52 yards. Yeah. Jake Ferguson, their tight end, had one catch for five yards. That ain't going to get it done against some teams that, that ain't Ohio State. And then you flip the switch. You look at Justin Fields in that game, he's 12 of 22, 167 in yardage. It's okay. But mm-hmm. you know what he didn't do? Didn't, he, didn't, he didn't turn the ball over. didn't turn the, the ball over. Out. He managed the game. J.K. Dobbins, 20 carries, 163 yards. Master Tig 13. Master Tigg had, had more yardage with 13 carries than Jonathan Taylor had in that matchup. And Chris Olave had probably his game of the year with seven catches, almost 100 yards, and two touchdowns. That's not the scenario Wisconsin has to look at Saturday or it's going to be deja vu, no doubt about it. I told you there was a trend in this show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Third down, rushing yards, and turnovers. Ohio State was 9 of 14 on third down in that game. What was Wisconsin? 4 of 13. It sounds like last week's game. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Rushing yards, it's almost the same. Scary. 264 to 83 for Ohio State. Mm -hmm. Almost exactly what you saw against Michigan. And turnovers, zero for the Buckeyes. Wisconsin gave the ball up twice. 0 for 3 in those categories, no chance. No chance. Mm -hmm. I'm
0: uh, Looking at the game and, and looking at how it sets up, uh, I know coming in, your your initial thoughts were uh, you thought Ohio State uh, runs away with this game on Saturday, but then you got off the phone a few minutes ago with a <laughs> friend of yours who knows a lot about Big Ten football, and he thinks the game's going to be a little bit closer because of one very important factor.
1: I'm going to give a shout-out to one of my great friends. I don't know how the guy stays married. His wife has got to be a saint, because this guy's watching and reading more football than <laughs> any person I know, and that includes coaches and the yeah, he brought up a great point. He goes, "How many teams go into this situation every year, and you don't have to win and you're still in?" That's the Buckeyes this week.
0: Well, and probably LSU too. I don't know right. if we've ever yeah. had two teams that have ever been assured to be in going into the championship. The,
2: game. There's still obviously craziness that can right. happen, Absolutely. but but yeah, I mean, there's there's not a ton of pressure on them, uh, and that's that's a very good point. Seeding. That's the big.
1: Do you want to possibly play Utah, who, who's got a legit shot, or do you want to play Clemson and then have to win the play the winner of possibly the LSU-Utah game or right. whoever their opponent is? See, I'm is, that, sick, Baylor, I'm that sick
2: guy that wants to play Clemson. I really do. <laughs> See, I don't want to play them play first. Clemson.
0: <laughs> I, I have no problem playing them. I would rather play them in a championship game than play them first. Yeah, we don't have good success against Clemson historically. That's
2: why I want to play them.
0: The good news is we get to go play them at Ohio State West more than likely out in Arizona. We've never lost in that stadium.
2: Yeah, I well no, I, and I just think, you know, Clemson right now uh, is sitting there feeling very slighted by everybody. So they're they're licking their chops too, and quietly, since that scare against North Carolina, they've been pretty dominant. I don't think Dabo cares about that. I
0: think he's perfectly okay running under the radar. Well,
2: and, and here's the thing. He's won the national championship he, being under the radar. He can run under the radar and feel like – I mean, let's face it. Virginia has a next-to-nothing chance this weekend. Now, I'm never going to say a team's out of it because if you make it that far, anything can happen. But they don't have a huge chance of winning. Oh. So Dabo could have been, for the last three weeks, boning up on LSU and Ohio State – and spending his time, not all of his time, but spending a significant amount of time game planning for those two teams because they haven't had to play a significant game in how long? I mean.
1: To be the champ, you got to beat the champ. They've won so many straight games. They've talented. They've been tested. Um, But the bottom line is just getting the tournament, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. Just getting the tournament. Now, I was surprised. Uh, I, I looked at the the odds. It was nearly a thirty point. I think it's nearly a thirty point twenty eight thirty point spread for the uh, the Clemson Virginia game, mm-hmm. which that's pretty shocking. Yeah. And the and the game we're we're talking about here with Ohio State 17 point game. Mm-hmm. So, um, th- th- those are some big numbers in championship games and in, in major conference. I just I, I look at that and
0: you know what you said that, that maybe they won't take it seriously. I I, I honestly think Ohio State's going to come into this game with the goal of trying to get this thing taken care of quick, early and soon to move on. You hate to say that because Wisconsin's a really good football team and and they can pose a challenge, but uh, we've seen Ohio State do it uh, twice in the last five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this game against Wisconsin. They came in and took big care of business early, got it put away early, and just kind of coasted to a win, both in 17 and, and what back in 14. They, they walked through both of them.
2: With, with the best running game in the Big Ten Absolutely. and one of the best running games in the country, just like now. Uh, I think they have a better passing game than they used to back then, but right. still, uh, they they have... It's, it's Wisconsin football. I mean, they, they are still playing the way they've always played. Uh, I just... It's difficult to beat a team twice in a season, uh, you know. Ask, Absolutely, ask the Cleveland Browns yeah. because it is difficult. Uh, but I just there's not much that I look at going into this game that I'm I'm just concerned about. And the only thing that I can think of is if this game is close in the fourth quarter, how will Ohio State respond? Because they haven't had to. Uh, but even last week, that was the first time that a team had really leveled shots at Ohio State. You know, they go downfield, they score right away, Ohio State scores back, they go down and score again. I mean, it was shot for shot there for a while, and Ohio State withstood it, and never at one point did I think, oh, I'm worried now, Uh, and I just, I I don't want to think that it's just going to be that easy, but every time that I don't think it's going to be easy, it's been proven to be easy, so I just don't know what to think.
1: We talked about what happened in the last game, Okay. Before we talk about what's going to happen in this game, let's look at what's happened since that game. Okay. Because one thing that's changed, there's still the two – and we'll make sure I'm accurate. Yeah, you still have the first and second-ranked defenses in, in the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. Okay. Total defense. But, yeah, the competition has been improved the last two weeks for Ohio State, but you throw Rutgers and Maryland, who's been struggling in there, and you look at Wisconsin's competition last four games – in the last four games, Ohio State's 4-0, but average giving up right at 20 points a game. When they met five games ago, it was less than 10. Less than 10. Wisconsin's the same thing. They're giving up now the last four weeks an average of 21. Mm-hmm. I think there's a couple things that happen with that. Number one, competition. But as the season goes on, you get a beat on, on some things that defenses do schematically and that's what's going to be interesting. These teams have already played each other once. It's a rarity that you get to see that very often in college football you you get to face each other twice. They go back and watch that tape. There's been some things show up uh, just last week in the first half against Michigan. But I do look forward to breaking down a little bit of what we saw against in in the in the last game but what we have to look forward to in the Wisconsin uh, Ohio State game Saturday.
0: I do think we missed Sean Wade last week and we found out how important he was. Um, they did do some really nice things, uh, Michigan did. They got their passing game going. They did some good things. They took advantage of the replacements for Sean Wade. He'll be back this week, um, to what level, we don't know, but at least he'll be back this week. So so that's good news. So um, that's going to play uh, back into our favor a little bit. But still looking at, uh, at other things that were a concern in last week's game, Coach Garrett Wilson, again, uh, loses a punt. You called that, by the way. I did. You I called told that you on last week's up. show. I, you did. I worry about. I worry about that kid catching a football. Mm-hmm. And man, he did it again. He is. He is a renegade. I love him, but but he's left. He's left two on the field, and that's that's a problem.
2: And that was and the one big thing, games. And that was probably the one thing he took away from that game. And he had a great game. I mean, a fantastic game. But I guarantee you, all that was on his mind after that game was muffing that punt. It's it's a concentration thing more than anything because uh, that one, he didn't even come up short. It was literally just bounced right off of his shoulder practically uh, out of his hands. It's a concentration thing. But, you know, how do you, as a coach, uh, you know, how do you keep the confidence in him but know that, you know, hey, this kid could be a liability for us? You know, what do you do? to try to rectify that, you know, because pulling him out directly is saying, look, we don't trust you, but he may be your best playmaker back there. I mean, I don't know what you do.
1: It's a judgment. We don't know what we they do every day in practice when they're holding one ball or two balls in two hands and having him field it. There are some technique things. People think you just catch the ball. There's things you do with your hands when you catch a punt, where you put them. So there are some things fundamentally you can do to help. But that is not a place, you're right, that you want a guy back there that's lacking in confidence. Mm -hmm. you got to say, okay, are we willing? we got the confidence. We see what we see in practice with a player in that position because he can make a difference. Uh, Alabama's got a returner that makes a difference when he catches the ball. Uh, You go back in college football, the Rocket that played for Notre Dame Mm -hmm. years ago. I mean, those guys are special players, and they can change the momentum of a a game instantly in special teams. But – do we have a pretty good guy that just secures the ball? Because here's the thing that we've seen so far. Mm. Ohio State doesn't need a big return to score points. Right. Nope. <laughs> so, you know, if, if they're not sure, you're going to put somebody back there that's more sure-handed and let's give the best offense in the country the football.
0: Yeah, I don't think McCall's uh, put a ball on the uh... – on the field this season when he yeah. was back there.
1: And but, he's had some decent returns.
2: I mean, nothing huge, but not, not but too like bad. But like Coach
0: says, that's, that's not important, keeping the mm-hmm. football and, and giving it to your offense to go let them do their job. That's what's important.
2: I think people get enamored with a guy who can be flashy, and and you're just like, man, I want to see him let loose. And I'm sure coaches can too. And it wouldn't surprise me if he's still back there this week. But it also definitely wouldn't surprise me if it's like, hey, you know what? We just want to make sure we secure the ball.
0: Michigan's returner took two back for touchdowns during the season, but we beat them on Saturday. Mm -hmm. So it really doesn't matter. I mean, it it does when you're in certain games. But in that type of deal, I don't care about the flash. Hold on to the football. Give our offense a chance to do something
1: with it. And don't give uh, another team a short field, you know? type of team you have again Ohio State right now. I mean, obviously they've got faith in him. We talked about what happened when he did it the first time. It was a coaching – he's a tremendous talent. Yeah, yeah. Let's get him back out there. But if it's a concern, let's secure the ball. We've got a great offense. But statistically now, going back to the same thing we talked about earlier in the year about when you have a punt blocked or you block a punt, the, the tremendous odds of you winning the game. Same thing happens with returns. I don't have the numbers. We used to have to study that stuff all the time. But when you return a kick in a game – the odds of you winning that game are much, much higher than if you don't. Certainly, certainly understood,
0: Coach. Let's talk about some of those comparisons that you have to uh, to game one against Wisconsin and what we're up against on Saturday.
1: Well, you go back. What you see again, I, I do love what what Wisconsin does schematically, because uh, they they put you in some predicaments with formation shifts, motions. They use two tight ends. Um, and and they got big guys up front, and when they're playing well, because they've been scoring points the last uh, four games, is they maul people. Uh, you got that back that Ohio State said that's what Ohio State did. What well, we said Wisconsin's got to do this week. Jonathan Taylor was not going to beat Ohio State. Yeah, and it goes back on 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 Cone. Um, what what I have still questions about, and and again with what they do is you're trying to get the eyes of the secondary starting to cheat to the run because they're starting to have some success, and all of a sudden you get the ball thrown over your head and play actions and nakeds. Is still – can Cone be accurate? Uh, are the wide receivers and tight ends going to show up this game with, with Cone because they didn't at, at Ohio State? And is their offensive line going to be able to protect against Ohio State's pass rush just simply with the front four that they have?
2: Well, and you look at what Ohio State did with that pass rush last time. Uh, they move Chase Young all over that line. They lined him up at linebacker. They moved him all four positions up front. And if you're if you're the Badgers, are you going to think, okay, this is probably what they're going to do, so we have to be ready for that? Or does Ohio State go, okay, they've seen that now, we've got to change it up a little bit? I think in some ways it worked, so you got to try it again to see what Wisconsin does against it. Uh, but I do expect to see probably a pretty strong pass rush on Cone uh, because again they they want to prove that you know or want them to prove that Cone can win the game for him. and so I would expect to see him uh, rushed and hurried. Uh, you know, a lot of people said, "Well, we didn't really get to Shea Patterson." Yeah, they did. They did. They didn't get the sacks, but especially in the second half, Shea Patterson couldn't complete a pass. Partly because he, he was under so much pressure, he didn't have time to throw. Yeah. So that's all I'm worried about. Do I want to see sacks? Absolutely. But if we're getting there and causing them to throw the ball low, throw it high, not get a good look at a receiver, that's all that matters.
1: That's a good point. When you're coaching defensive linemen, it's not about the sack. Yeah, you celebrate the sack. It's a negative play, momentum. Um, but when you're pressing someone where you have to make a quarterback negotiate how he's throwing the ball, batted balls, mm-hmm. all that stuff matters. And Ohio State did change some things defensively, as we talked about early in the show, where they were stunning and gaming a little bit more and doing some things that they didn't do in the first half to help. But Ohio State's had this plan all year. That they're going to flip uh, Chase Young so you don't know how to, protect, how to set protection and also on third down, moving him around so you can't hone in. I would love, though, to have known exactly what Michigan's plan was against him because my guess is, from watching, they were setting a slide protection so an offensive tackle was not in a two-way go against Chase Young, and they absolutely moved the tight end to make him negotiate as well as chip the t- the, the, uh, the backs. But there were some guys playing hard on the other side that did a good job protecting. Paul, you got next thing you got something to, to well, ask me. I,
0: I, my my comment was going to be when he was talking about Shea Patterson. Shea Patterson was probably scared because his offensive linemen were too busy hugging Chase Young, yeah. so he <laughs> couldn't get to him. And literally, they were hugging Chase Young not to get to him. And, but And he ended up with really no stats at all in the game, but it didn't matter because he was such a force that they had to concentrate on for the entire game that he made other things happen because so many people were focused
1: on him. I think it'll be the same deal Against Wisconsin, that's why you don't just love him because he's a great player. If you're on that defense and they're having to to do things schematically to neutralize somebody like that, other guys are in one on one position need to be making plays. And that you know we don't know that guys were challenged in the locker room. Look, they're doing something to neutralize him. Who's going to step up and make a play? And I have to believe that was part of it, too, in the second half after mm-hmm. adjustments for the Buckeyes.
2: Yeah, I think you look at the second half, Baron Browning had a really good second half. Uh, the linebackers as a whole played pretty well in that second half. Uh, you look at Jonathan Cooper. You know, his one game that he could play and not lose his red shirt. He picked the Michigan game, and he had a sack in the second half. He was able to get, you know, a lot of good looks to the quarterback. But the, just the fact that, when you just look at the two offensive lines, uh, what Ohio State was doing on defense was really pushing uh, the def- the offensive line for Michigan back. what offense what Ohio State's offensive line was doing to Michigan's defensive line was pushing them back. It was going both ways. i I just never saw anybody for Michigan on the offensive or defensive line become dominant or be able to control anything because the lines for both both lines for the Buckeyes, had complete control of the line of scrimmage.
1: That that's it's true. They protected well in the first half. Mm-hmm. They did. They did. But in terms of playing on the other side of the line of scrimmage, they couldn't run the ball. I mean, they couldn't run the ball and a high state. Ran it up there. I yeah. mean, like yeah. Grant took Vicksburg in the second half. Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it it was uh, it, it was impressive. And it, here's what happens: you can have. Okay, average athletes that need to make plays and dominate on both sides of the line of scrimmage and have a chance to be successful every game you play. Uh, but when you're good on both sides of the line of scrimmage and you got dynamic players about everywhere on the field mm-hmm. offensively, uh, that's that's tough. And secondary because you got guys covering when you've got people pressing well, the quarterback.
2: Well, and then the play calling, too. Uh, I, I still, sitting here today, don't understand a fourth and two, fourth and three – Running wildcat that puts you in a situation where you're saying we're running the ball. You haven't been able to run the ball game. Now, when you look at the replay of it, if if the wildcat back had just followed the pulling guard, he had a first down. He might have broken it for a touchdown. Huge hole. Something there confused him. He decided to go straight ahead. But I just don't understand why you don't take Shea Patterson back there, who at that point hadn't been hit too much. Give him the opportunity to hand the ball off or throw it or run it. I think you have more options there. Spread that defense out a little bit. You put everybody in the box because it was a bunch formation. I, I just, the play calling, and I'm not, Jim Harbaugh knows way more about calling plays than I will ever know. But I just don't, I don't understand that. In that situation, when you have to try to get some sort of mo- momentum going, why you would ever call that play?
1: Well, for the fans, the, 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 and I, I, people get frustrated with play calls. But uh, the plan is made before the game comes so the players understand what's coming in that situation. All practice throughout a college and pro and uh, good high school programs is all situational. You're preparing for not – you're not just, hey, we're, it's first and ten, but you have a plan for third and one to two, fourth and one to two, as you do goal line situations. The amount of times you get a third and one to two or fourth and one to two in a college football game, people would be shocked. It's, it's like less than two per game. It doesn't happen very often. Now, you've got to plan for more than that, so you usually go in that situation with three calls. It may be two runs in a pass, two pass and a run. They saw something on film – in a third and one to two or in that situation, a fourth and two situation, they, they saw it on tape formationally. They thought they had an advantage with angles. They practiced it all week. And instead of there being confusion, what are we going to run? Good offensive coach teams know what the call is before it even comes in from the coach. Right. Now, do you have to go with your gut sometimes? Yeah, they couldn't run the ball game. So I see your point of mm-hmm. uh, two. You know, that's why you have more than one call there. Uh, I don't know if that's my number one pick because we haven't been able to run the ball game. Yeah. And
2: that, I mean, that definitely makes it easier to explain and understand when you know every play call, every position on the field, where you're at, you know, behind the marker and all that, has a play call that's specific to that uh, in those situations. And that's that's the one thing when you take when you don't take the emotion out of it, you forget all that. Yeah, you know.
1: And that's uh, uh, that's I'm glad you said that because you don't want to make an emotional decision. You've had a whole week to prepare, and when you're sitting in your office and there's not tens of thousands of people yelling and screaming, but also the, the best go with their gut sometimes. And, and I, I see your point of view is, do I really want to run the rock right here? Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Do you want to get to Wisconsin's defense?
0: Yes. I was going to ask you what, uh, one of two things. Number one, let's talk about Wisconsin's defense. And number two, who's your X-Factor player for Wisconsin? can change the game?
1: If Taylor rushes like he did for yardage as he did last game, it's deja vu. I mean, they they have to find a way to run the football, and Cone is going to have to make some plays to small targets. But, again, we don't need to go very in-depth because we talked about this defense earlier in the year. They're disciplined. They want to play physical. They play violent with their hands up front. They're a 4-3 defense, but they're two edge guys. or are linebackers playing the edge, so they're athletic. That's why they're good at rushing the passer and playing upfield. Mm-hmm. Um, they do bring different pressures. They play man-free coverage, outside leverage. I'm not going back through that. We talked about that in the previous show. They play some quarters coverage, which helps them to thin the run. And if they get in third down, you're going to see some more drop eight. and third medium, you're going to see some more odd exotic defenses. But Zach Vaughn, Chris Orr, Jack Sanborn—those ends and linebackers are good players. Yeah, uh, and then uh, the safety Burrells had a good year. Ohio State has to find a way to do what they've done all year, and that's run the football. And we we don't need to go back. I don't need to go back into it. We know what the situ— well, we know what we think. Maybe the situation with Justin Fields is—is is he the same quarterback with his legs, and does that change the plan for Wisconsin? Uh,
0: I I thought about this a lot this week. What if Justin Fields can't run the football and all he can do is pass? I still think we're the best team in the country. You know, I, I really do. I still think we're the best team in the country if we make him nothing more than just a pocket passer against Wisconsin and see if he gets better before we're in the national semifinal. I think we still have the best team in the country. We just tell him, you can't run the football, man. You can't take that risk. And, and who knows how messed up that knee is. They're never going to tell us until, what, what, 15th of January is when yeah, they'll well, tell us when, how messed
2: up that knee yeah, is. Yeah, they'll tell us when we hear uh, Justin Fields went in for surgery today. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, that's Absolutely. what you'll yeah. find out.
0: But but yeah, I mean, I, I that that's to me, that's a big thing. But I have no fear that we will run the football and run the football very successfully against this team and that our offensive line will protect Justin Fields for everything
1: they need to do. When I look at Wisconsin's keys to win the game, they ha- they have to – this is non-negotiable. You you can't be down one turnover to Ohio State and win. The, the talent level's too – it's too much Ohio State's way. There way too many weapons. And they have to be able to run the ball and they have to be able to win third downs, not only just to win third down but time of possession to keep all those weapons for Ohio State on the sideline. That's a – as we've seen through 12 games, it's a lot easier said than done because no one's done it yet. But I'm going to keep this really simple for Ohio State. If they stop the run and don't beat themselves, it it's not going to be a close game. Because when I say beat yourself, how do you beat yourself? You turn the ball over, you miss assignments, so there's negative plays, and you miss tackles. And I have not seen Ohio – when you play teams that are talented, you're going to miss some more tackles. Right. That's why Michigan's guys, their, their receivers, their perimeter game, they, there were some misplays. But uh, I, I, I just, for Ohio State fans, you can smile. There's too many weapons for the Buckeyes. They're, they're really, really talented. And I'm going to give credit again to the guy that's doing the games instead of coaching the games. He built it. Uh, those guys have done a tremendous job recruiting, and that's how you win in college football.
0: Yeah, and I think he was really proud to uh, to speak to them last week in Ann Arbor. He was very proud to be part of uh, that broadcast. Urban did a heck oh, of a yeah. job. And and uh, you could just see everything with him, really enjoying what he was doing. And uh, that was fun.
2: Yeah, I, it, it was fun uh, seeing him there and uh, just watching him talk. I, I In the pregame, a lot of times we don't get to hear what they talk about uh, with the television broadcast. Uh, in the press box, the volume's not on. So I was streaming some of that. I had my headphones on. And I haven't had the chance to watch him a ton this season, but just to watch him talk about uh, the rivalry and and also the, the respect he has for, for Michigan, but also the pride that he still has for what's going on at Ohio State. He's not afraid to show that. And I think it's refreshing. A lot of these coaches get into broadcasting and they try to be And there's nothing wrong with being politically correct and being, you know, not a homer or whatever. But I would imagine Urban probably said to them, look, if Ohio State's on, I'll I'll be objective, but everybody's going to know I'm pulling for Ohio State. Well, they're his guys. Yeah, exactly.
0: (laughs) Chase Young is his guy. I mean, you know, I mean, now there are a lot of coaches that are still there that helped recruit these guys. I get it. But, I mean, when it comes right down to it, you know, uh, it's it's Urban Myers football team moved over to to Ryan Day he's doing an outstanding job with what he's got and some of the changes that he's made, especially on the defensive side. I mean, Halfley's right right now he's probably up for every head coaching position out there. Everybody wants a piece of Halfley good, right now. Good chance he's
2: going to be the coach at Boston College. Yeah, I
0: mean, think about it. I mean, everybody wants a piece of that guy. I mean, he right now they think he's a genius and and they have no reason not to feel that way. But coach, let's move on. Let's let's talk a little bit about. The college football playoff and how it stacks up. Every week it changes. It's going to change again on Saturday. I mean, what, what do you think this looks like? Are, are you, in your mind right now, believing that Ohio State and LSU are in the college football playoff, regardless of what happens, you know, short of something traumatic on Saturday? Do you think they're
1: in? We've heard it be said by the committee in the past. They want the best teams in, in their opinion. I don't care what – I mean, unless Georgia wins by 30 points, high State goes up there and we're in shock of what happens. They're two of the best four teams in the country, and I, who, I that's hard to debate in my opinion. Um, you know, maybe a little bit of – I don't overreact. I have another coaching friend, and he's going to smile. He said, man, get this in, get this in. Watching Alabama-Auburn last week, Alabama has lost the last three years to Auburn, has lost two times – to Clemson in the, in the recent three years, four years. Um, but you know what? They play games without some of their best players. My buddy made a good point because of how they practice. Uh, the only real player they've ever lost in the game is their quarterback this year, Tua. All these injuries that they have coming into the year, why they had so many young players defensively out was because they lose them in preseason and in practice during season. That's an interesting point, actually. Mm-hmm. Um I thought all year Alabama is not the Alabama that they've been because they could not impose their will and didn't try to until the end of the year with running the football, and they were way too young and giving up. Uh, Alabama doesn't give up the points they've been giving up this year defensively. Um, I think LSU is very good. I think it would be really fun for the entire college football nation to watch them or Ohio State or Ohio State-Clemson or vi- those three are, in my opinion. Where it comes down to some opinion – is what's going to happen with this fourth spot. Okay, so um, just had a friend tell me today, he thinks Utah's for real. they got a good port- quarterback, and they play really good on defense. The Pac-12 has gotten zero love pretty much other than Washington from the committee. Yeah. Does that play a part psychologically? They feel like they have to put somebody in. Um, I think Oklahoma would be a tough matchup because they're going to score points. So if you're a high state, Oklahoma sneaks in, and I don't want to count my man out, Matt Rule, down at Baylor. He, he's had a great year. I know they're favored not to win the game, but they they really could have should have won the first time. So there's a lot of things playing out. Is there somebody I'm leaving out because I don't have any notes in front of me? I'm just kind of going no, off the top. That's five pretty or six much teams. it. Uh,
2: Georgia obviously is has a shot. Has a shot. Correct. Uh, but yeah, it the the thing that would throw everything into chaos is uh, Georgia. Wins, Clemson wins, Ohio State loses, um, and I think if Baylor wins, I mean that's those <laughs> are the situations. And then
0: you don't think there's any way any of that happens? No, I mean and, maybe and one of Utah, them. And but then not if
2: Utah all. loses, right? Then you've got you've opened up a whole lot more people that are probably could say that they're deserving. Of being in that fourth fourth position, uh, and you'd open up, you know, in Ohio State's case, if that's what happened, do you keep Ohio State as a non-champion or go with a Baylor, you know, or you know whoever that is a champion? That I mean, it's just it, it would be craziness. I don't think that will all happen. I did read an article this week though that said, wouldn't it be fun if it did though? No, It wouldn't be fun for an Ohio State fan, <laughs> no, I, but I think the only, that's the, the craziness that could happen.
0: I think the only way Ohio State or LSU don't get in is if they get beaten soundly and their Heisman Trophy candidate gets injured and can't play for the rest of the season. And mm-hmm. then they reevaluate without that player, are they still one of the best teams in the country? And I, I just don't see that happening. I don't see that happening. I mean, obviously, we know Justin Fields has this issue with his ACL-MCL, the aggravated ACL-MCL. Um, you know, so so that that's obviously there, but I, I still think, you know, Ohio State's still the best team in the country. I, yeah. I I feel that way. I I really do, and I think LSU is in the same. Unless something happens to Joe Burrow Saturday, and I don't think that's going to happen, they're in. Uh, you know, and then we figure out who the number four is. I personally think it's the winner of the 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 Baylor Oklahoma game. I think whoever wins that is in. I really do. Um, I get the Utah thing, but I think there's zero respect for the Pac-12. And I think they expect Utah to win that game.
2: And the thing that hurts them is they're the first game that goes on Friday. Yeah. So they'll be out of the memory. Right. By the time Saturday comes. Yeah. You know, so that hurts them too.
1: It'd be a fun weekend. I got a lot of basketball to watch this weekend. I don't know how, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to be able to get out of much of it to watch, but we will be able to watch the Ohio State game for sure on Saturday night. But you bring up something that we talked about earlier. So I'm going to ask you, I never ask you questions. I'm going to ask you a question. Who, who is the who is the heisman candidate for the Buckeyes
0: I think it's JK Dobbins and I think he'd be runs for 250 this week he
1: wins it no you, question you think he, you th- you feel the same way
2: um I think he should be I think if there's going to be candidates it's probably going to be uh chase young and Justin fields I told Paul earlier in the week that I felt like all three of them could make it and I also kind of agree with Paul that if J.K. Dobbins runs for over 200 yards and is dominant, uh, scores multiple touchdowns. I think you have to consider him. Uh, But the reality of the situation is Joe Burrow is, I mean, he'd have to really tank this weekend.
0: He's earned it. If he wins it, I would not be upset. I think he's earned the right to win the Heisman And there's people that
2: still say Jalen Hurts is right there, too. And that Ohio State's trio of guys are like, three, four, and five. Uh, I think Chase Young is at least number two, at the very least. Um, and I think Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts are right there with each other, and I think J.K. Dobbins is right there.
0: I think it's a running back quarterback trophy, and they they won't, they won't put Chase Young at that high, but that's okay. I get it. I think he's the best player in college football, but I don't think he'll get any love. Go ahead.
1: I think he's the top talent. We've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, he misses two games for for the obvious reasons that we've talked about, and then neutralize a little bit in what what it seems to be in, in the biggest game of the year. So, yeah, he's not going to have a chance. I, I don't know this, though. What is the most finalist that the Heisman can have? Is there a limit to how many people that well, they bring?
2: Well, I do know that you have to get a certain percentage of votes to right. be a finalist. So that's why some years there's three, some years there's five, some years there's – I don't know if there's ever been less than three. I don't think I've ever seen more than five.
0: And Ohio State's had three, three times, and that's tied for the most with uh, Notre Dame and somebody else, and I can't remember who that is. But yeah, Notre Dame's had three three times as well. Uh, -uh. it wasn't one of the. uh, I could be wrong, but I I didn't. I I heard it this week, Um, Hmm. and the last time was when Archie won it. We had three um, that year, Um, so. It'll be interesting to see if if they invite three from Ohio State. I don't think they will. I you know, you and I talked this week when, you know, about about how uh, forty for forty years, Ohio State didn't get Coach of the Year in the Big Ten. We yeah. got it this year, you know, and how it wasn't going to happen, but it was. He still had to share it, but uh, but but I, I feel the same way. I I just don't think they'll invite three. I I would not be surprised if they invite two, and I think one of them might be Chase Young, just because everybody in the country thinks he's the best player in the country. But I don't think he can win that award for many reasons. Number one, he doesn't handle the football, and I don't think those guys care. They think the Heisman Trophy because it's got a football in its hand. They got a that's who they have to go for, which I'll never understand. But, but at the same time, missing the two games, they also want to have what they think is not only the best football player, but the one that represents the board as best as they can. They've taken Heisman's away from guys because they've done things off the field that they, that were disrespectful to the Heisman trophy. And I think breaking a rule, it probably takes him out of that consideration.
2: Wouldn't it be People hilarious though, that. even though it's probably highly unlikely, um, One of the things that Michigan likes to hold on to, and this is going to be getting a dig into Michigan, which, you know, (laughs) if you've all met me, you know why, Uh, they like to hold on to the fact that Charles Woodson is the only defensive player to ever win the Heisman. Now, we all know, if you follow college football, the biggest reason he won that was because he affected both sides of the ball. He played offense yeah. and he played defense. And he deserved it. I'm not at all saying that he didn't deserve to win the Heisman. Absolutely. He absolutely deserved to win the Heisman. Wouldn't it be just apropos <laughs> if Chase Young won it and then Ohio State can say, yeah, but we're the only school that actually had a guy that only played defense yeah. win the Heisman Trophy. It would be another thing they would throw in in the Michigan fans' face. Like I, and I agree with you. Like I said, in all honesty, I'd love to
0: see it happen. Yeah. I good. don't
2: think it will probably happen. He deserves it. I sure I, I truly do. But I don't want to sit here and say that Joe Burrow doesn't deserve it. Cause I think he does.
0: Oh, I totally believe Joe Burrow deserves it. Uh, there's no question in my mind. So we'll, we'll see what happens, uh, next week and, uh, Should be fun, though. I'm really looking forward to it. Enjoy Indianapolis. I understand they they take good care of folks there, and uh, you should have a good time. The Mm -hmm. game sold out on Sunday. The only way to get a ticket is to come see me tonight, which, depending on when you hear this, might already be over with. I've got two tickets we're giving away tonight. But other than that, a third party, and you're going to pay a lot of money if you do it that way because Ohio State and Wisconsin travel better than any – other teams in the country and it's going to be a battle saturday night that i think Ohio state's going to win without any problems i really do
2: yeah i'm i'm looking forward to it uh you wish you could join me but i'll share the experience with everybody actually uh i'll post pictures on the osho page uh i will you know maybe do a couple interviews things like that uh but it's going to be a really cool experience and uh you know we we just want to bring that experience to as many people as we can
1: this is what I know is next week we'll know who the four teams are that, that are in. Yep. We'll be discussing what happened in the Ohio State-Wisconsin game as well as the other championship games. And odds are, because the the odds are strong, that we're going to be talking about something that we're all surprised happened because it happens nearly every single year on the last weekend of college football. Yep. I'm
0: looking forward to it. Coach, we'll do it again next Thursday. Tell everybody about Nathan Heinzman State Farm before we get out of here.
1: Well, again, you want to be protected Buy the best, ride with the best. You like to win. You like your money. We say it every week. I mean it. Uh, rate decreases continue to allow us to give people great news in terms of saving money. But uh, we do things right. We have a conversation, a uh, relationship with our clients. And seriously, again, the door is open over there at Mallard Square. Stop in and see me. Visit. There's some cool stuff in there football-wise, sport-wise, but uh, also up in Bucyrus. Uh, with Nathan Heisman State Farm. And call us at 740-914-8182.
0: This is The O Show on iHeartRadio. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Big Mo. Enjoy Indianapolis and uh, enjoy the game. Make sure you follow us. Uh, Do a search for The O H Show on iHeartRadio. Hit follow if you're not already following us, and you will get every episode of The O Show on iHeartRadio coming right at you.